new friends, new opportunities, new partners. EG Tax. Hey everybody, this is the Tax Lady, and this is our time to talk about taxes on our podcast. And we're we're thankful that you guys are listening. We certainly want to make you very intelligent regarding taxes because they're very confusing. And so we were kind of mulling around that it being the middle of the year uh, and people start talking about tax planning, we thought we'd show you just how difficult it can be to tax plan because there's so many things that can affect your bottom line. And But of course, I'm joined in studio with Chris Fabian. Hey, Chris. Hello, Esther. Hello, Christopher and Tiffany Fabian. Hey there, Esther. Happy uh, day to you. Happy day to you. Isn't it lovely? It's summer. Yes. 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 That's great. Okay. I just thought just beautiful. I just thought it'd be interesting to look. You know, when people call all the time or email me, and they'll say, "How much are my taxes going to be?" Well, I mean, that is like saying, "How deep is the ocean?" Uh, I mean, it can be. It can go from a gigantic refund or a balance due depending upon the same income, depending upon the configuration of your tax return. I, and so I thought I'd talk, we'd talk about just how your tax liability is computed. And so to do that, I thought I'd start off with the $100,000 W-2, which is a nice W-2, right? Yeah. Yep. And let's say that we have a single taxpayer and he doesn't own a home under the age of 65, he, he would have a standard deduction next year of 12950 bucks. So his $100,000, if that was his only source of income, would go down to $87,050 taxable income. And that tax liability for that single guy would be $14,768. So almost $15,000 on, on $100,000. Right. Okay. Well, let's say... Let's say that he came in with his $100,000 W-2, but he had two children that his ex-wife said he could claim as dependents, and he invested in a rental property last year, and he started a small business. So when you compute his Schedule E, you find out that he has a $10,000 rental loss, and in his small business, he's got a startup loss of $25,000. Well, that's $35,000 in losses that adjust the $100,000, bringing him down to $65,000. And then he says, well, you know, I'd like to put money into an IRA. I'd like to put in $6,500. Now his adjusted gross income is down to $58,500. And then you find out that he has some medical expenses, some property taxes, some mortgage interest and charity. And if that all comes to $22,612 because he itemizes, now that taxable income goes all the way down to $22,612. Now, most of his income is going to be taxed at the 10% tax bracket. So on the first layer, he pays $1,057 in taxes. On the next layer, because then it would go to 12%, he'd pay $1,480 in taxes. So his total tax bill is $2,507. And you think, wow, from $15,000 to $2,500? Oh, it gets better. He has two children that are under the age of 16. So he's going to save $4,000 in child tax credit. By the way, the child tax credit reversed back to the way it was before 2021, where everybody was getting $3,600 and $3,000. It's gone back now. So it's only four. So now he gets a credit 
which reduces his tax liability dollar for dollar. So now his he ends up with a refund of money of no money that he put in of fourteen hundred ninety three dollars. So wow. this guy would have a spread of sixteen thousand dollars on the same W two, depending upon his deductions and his credits. And that's what we thought. I thought we talked about today. That's... So let you know how to how to tax plan because it's it's so confusing. That's called tax planning. Yeah. Holy cow. Right. So, so, you know, I thought it was interesting that people don't even know how their taxes are compiled. Well, first of all, it's graduated, right? Right. I mean, a graduated income tax. So when people say, I'm not working anymore overtime because I've given it all to Uncle Sam. Is that true? No, no. You never do that. Ever. It's always a better answer to work more. And and get that overtime or do that second job. It, it never behooves you not to work more in tax right, because world. the ta- the top tax rate is thirty seven percent. So even if your income, your taxable income, we talked about there's there's income, but then there's taxable income. In other words, after all of your deductions and adjustments. And, and your standard deduction or itemized deduction, that's your taxable income after you take all the stuff away. So so a single person who has taxable income of $540,000, million, no, what a five million, 540000 thank you, is in the 37% bracket. But somebody that falls in the middle there, they're down at the 22% bracket. So the first bracket is at 10, then the excess over the 10 10% bracket is taxed at 12%. Then the excess over the tax bracket at 12 goes to 22%. Not on all of it, just at that amount at that in that uh, tax bracket. Right? Yeah. And I, I'm going to be like Chris, like uh, devil's advocate. And, you know, he said he wants to put money into an IRA. But just be careful out there if you're listening. Not everybody who uh, gets a W-2 can put money into an IRA. If he was covered by a qualified plan at work and he's a high income earner, he couldn't put money into an IRA. Right. Right. Absolutely. But if he wasn't covered under a qualified planning, what? so many times I say to my clients, don't put money into your, your IRA till after you've been to see us. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. And and then also um, the rental loss, if you were a single guy and your income was over 170, 180, 150, 150 yeah, your losses become suspended. And so you, it's just really important that you, you do what you say, you plan. Right. Well, and and it's so complex. Right. You have to take in all of these situations. For instance, now for 2022, the standard deduction for a single taxpayer is $12,950. If you're head of the household, it's $19,400. If you're married, filing a joint return is $25,900. So that's what they give you to reduce your gross income just by virtue of your marital status. Yep. Or if you have kids, like you just said. Yep. Well, that's head a household. credit. That's credit. That's yeah. credit. I know, but it switches you to head of household is what I was right. alluding to. But, but the whole thing is a deduction is different than a credit. And that's why I wanted people to see that just because you have a deduction, it's not as good as a credit. Right? Right, right, right. A deduction is your tax percentage, a credit is dollar for dollar. Right. 
so okay so let's let's say that um here's some things that you can do to reduce your income that is an adjustment without itemizing and that would be an ira like tiff was talking about right mm-hmm. if you aren't covered under a qualified plan or if you are and your income's low enough you could put money into an ira yeah yeah absolutely and then it might also trigger the retirement savers credit which is done on an 8880 and so that is a credit like you were talking about. And so that's another thing that you want to keep yourself abreast of. All right. Another thing that you can do for an adjustment is a health savings account. What is that? And and again, these are things that you can create, right? Right. What's a health savings account? Yep. If your health insurance is a high deductible plan, um, you can contribute to an HSA where that's to help pay for your medical bills. So it's a savings account, health savings account. So you put the money in, when you spend it, you can get reimbursed tax-free. Now, can I put money in an IRA and an HSA at the same time? You most definitely can. So think about that. That's a lot of money. Yeah, because a single person, I think, for an HSA is $35.50, somewhere right around there. Thirty-six fifty this year. Thirty-six fifty. Mar- a married couple, seventy-three hundred. Okay. But think about that. If you put seven thousand in an IRA and seventy-three hundred dollars in an HSA, you've just created fourteen thousand dollars in deductions. Right, right, right. And if you're married, you can put the uh, for your spouse too, possibly in an IRA. So then you're at twenty-one. Right. So. And so think about that. You don't pay taxes on that money that you just put into these favored tax shelters. Yeah. And so many people are like, maybe I should convert some of my traditional IRAs to Roth. And so that would boost up your tax bracket. And so you really want to think about it before you do that. Absolutely. Because it's, it sounds really good when your stockbroker says, how would you like to never pay taxes on mm-hmm. your uh, money in your IRA? All you have to do is change it into a Roth. But it, they don't mention that, oh, and by the way, you have to pay all the taxes on that now. <laughs> right? Right, right, wow. right, right. Okay. So now an SEP is another kind of pension plan that is a deduction that you can create. Now, who is this for? Uh, that's for a self-employed person. And so it's somebody who works for themselves and doesn't work for an employer. Who has who has a net profit. Yep. And you can put up to 25% of that net profit into your SEP. Right. Now, can you have an SEP and an HSA? Yes, you can. So you know. think about that. Yep. And then, of course, every, all if you're an employee, you know about 401ks. Now, that's something available through your employer, which basically that money that comes out of your paycheck to go into your 401k plan, that takes the money off the table as well, as far as taxability goes. Right, right. And, you know, but I don't have a 401k. How about a 403b? Yes, a 403. Any type of deferred comp that your employer offers, you should look at taking advantage of. All right. So the 401k, I mean, the 403b is available to public employees, right? Correct. So you you could be a teacher and get a 403b and a 401k. Right. You know, yeah, the, absolutely. Some, so, you could so, do your pension plan at work that you're involved in, and then you could also do the 403B. 
Right. So now here's the thing. With the stock market, well now, to like for instance, today the stock market did really well. But with the stock market doing like a roller coaster, there are a lot of people that are probably listening thinking, I think I'm going to take all my money out of my 401k or my SEP or my IRA. Good idea, bad idea? Bad idea. Bad idea. Now you could move it and switch it to something that's low risk and not as volatile. But then with that, you're not doing as the financial people always want you to do. They want you to ride it out. But no, it's a bad idea because when you're contributing to your pension plan that's lowering your taxable income, there's a match. And so you're just throwing away money and it's not something you should do. You should not do it. And you shouldn't cash in your pension. Always call us and we'll run the numbers. And it's very eye-opening. Okay. So, but what I'd like to do with my IRA money or my 401, is I'd like to pay off all my high-interest credit cards. Then it isn't a good idea? <laughs> no. Well, especially depending, well, I know how old you are, but uh, at someone like, <laughs> Thanks, sorry, someone like me- um, would get hit with the ten percent would get hit with the ten percent penalty. So yes. not only would I be paying income tax, I'd be paying ten percent tax penalty to New York State and or the federal and tax to New York State. So I could end up costing myself. You figure twenty two, ten, thirty two plus New York State. It could cost me almost forty percent in taxes. Right. And, and on a hundred thousand, that's forty thousand dollars that i would have to come up with yourself right yep yeah and then also i don't know if you're here yet but don't forget if you're a self-employed person too a solo 401k is something that you could put lots of money in a lot of money in a lot of money right like how okay all right then again other things that'll affect your tax bracket before you get to the taxable income would be stock losses right 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 Harvest your losses. You hear that expression in December all the time. And why is that? Right. So so you can offset if you have gains with this market. Might be tough, but people still make money when the market goes down, you know. Um, but sell your losses to offset your gains. So Right. And again, that's tax planning. Rental losses, if you have rental property, the and even if it's a break even rental property, because of the depreciation, you usually end up with a loss. But like Tiffany was stating, the losses are phased out as your income goes from 100000 to 150000 You start to lose a dollar for each uh, $2 that you go over that threshold, and your losses are limited to 25000 But again, rental losses, again, reduce your uh, gross income, and as well as business losses, like we were talking about in the first example. Okay? Yeah. All right. Now... After you go get down, you you have your your income, your your losses that you're able to take, your 401ks, et cetera, et cetera. You're down to adjusted gross income. Then you can you have the choice to either itemize or take the standard deduction. So, what's the difference? How does someone know when to do that? So a standard deduction is what they'll give you for being single or married or had a household, and it's a figure that you use to reduce your taxable income. Now, if you itemize, that's your mortgage interest, your medical expenses, your property taxes, your other taxes, um, charity. charity, and if that number is greater than what they will give you for being single or married or had a household, then you'd want to itemize because it beats the standard number. 
So it gives you more of a subtraction for income. So you have a larger subtraction multiplied by your tax bracket. Correct. Right? Yes, yes. Okay, then other, after the standard deduction or itemized deduction, and again, remember, if you're a New York State taxpayer, what isn't deductible on the federal, under federal law, since the tax law change, is still deductible on New York State. So make sure you don't freeze by that, right? Yeah. That's right. Okay. Then the other thing is tax credits. And uh, one of the biggest credits in 2021 was the child tax credit of $3,600 for children under the age of six and 3000 for children under the age of 18. That's going by the boards unless Congress re-ups it. And so we may see that come back before the end of the year. But right now it's $2,000. Mm-hmm. Which is still right. very significant. Yep. Right. Right. Yep. It's, it, right. It's a lot of, but it wasn't like last year. Right. Yeah. But you know, the sad part is when when we were doing tax planning. Oh, you're going to be fine this year because you're going to get the full thirty six hundred dollar credit for your newborn. Well, now right. they're only going to get two thousand. That's going to be a shock. Right. But flash. here's the thing: you don't think Congress is going to put that back in? Oh. <laughs> I think they will. Yeah. I mean, I, if I were a gambling woman, I think I think they will. Uh, you know, it's coming on election time. Um, right. So, and like Tiffany, you were saying, there's your itemized deductions are medical expenses, property taxes, state withholding, foreign tax taxes paid, interest paid on your mortgage and home equity credit lines, charity, miscellaneous itemized deductions, uh, and casualty and theft losses. That's what makes up itemized deductions. So your itemized deductions that you're listing have to come up over that standard deduction for it to make sense for you to, to itemize. Um, other thing I wanted to talk about with, um, uh, no, I guess, I guess I don't want to talk about it. Uh, let's, and I told you about <laughs> New York State. Uh, so here's the thing. The other credits that are available and remember, a credit is better than an itemized deduction, is an adoption credit. Now, how much approximately, you know what, uh, off the top of your head what the adoption credit is? Is it 14100 yeah. someone like that? Yeah, right. So the adoption credit, even if it's a special needs adoption where the state places the child in your and home. And you pay nothing. You nothing, you still get to take the full credit mm-hmm. and it saves you over $14,000 in taxes. And if you, you can't it's use a, it, you carry it forward. Exactly. It's a carry forward credit for five years. So it's a, it's a great credit out there. If you're somebody who's looking to adopt, definitely look into the tax credit. Okay. And then the uh, American opportunity tax credit. How do, what is that? That's for college. And so you get to uh, deduct all of the college for one student in your household up to $4,000 a year. And part of it is a refundable and part of it is a non-refundable credit. So um, the part that is... So when you say, when you say I can take my college, you mean my dorm and everything? 
No, just college and supplies and books and supplies. Uh, so I mean the actual your tuition, tuition and tuition, tuition yeah. and fees, right? And then books, but not for room and for board. And so you can deduct that on the um, eighty-eight sixty-three. And um, again, the first fifteen hundred dollars is a non-refundable, and then a thousand dollars of the credit is a refundable credit. And if you live in the state of New York, um, there's also a two seventy-two, and that's a New York State college credit too for bachelors or below. Um, but the American Opportunity Tax Credit is really exciting. It's different than the lifetime because if you had four kids in your house and you were in college, you'd get to take it potentially for all four kids if there were expenses. Whereas the lifetime, it's just a set number for the, the first ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand dollars, regardless yeah, of how 20%. many students. Yep, yeah, that's right. Right, right, right. All right, and then. We talked about the child care credit. How about, I mean, the child tax credit. How about the child care credit? Yeah, that, that's another credit. Um, the IRS extended it last year, and that's another one we got to look at. Are they reverting that yeah. back to the gotta, old way? Got to look. Got to look. You know, that's crazy. Wait, but wait. if you pay somebody to watch your child while you're working, going to school, or because you're disabled, you're able to take a credit for that money you pay the other individual. Or company. Well, what if they don't want to claim it? Then you don't get it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, and you end up paying tax. How many of these people that are self-employed don't want to claim it? Right. I mean, they really don't. A, a, a lot. <laughs> yeah. They just don't want to claim it. And it's it's not right, but you know that's something you have to decide for yourself. So to... for twenty twenty two, right now, unless they change it, the child care the child care credit is only deductible up to six thousand in expenses for two or more qualifying children. Yeah, going back to the old one. Going back to the old one, right? Yep. So again, yep. this this would be somebody you want to contact your congressperson, senator about because they have the opportunity to re-up that. Um, earned income credit, um, th that is for people that have earned income. That would be self-employment income, wages, and the earned income credit is basically money that they give you for working and you don't have to pay taxes on it. They actually give you money because you are a lower income person, either with children or without, right? Yes. Yes. And that's another thing that could be reverting back to the old. That's the thing with taxes. Uh -huh. They change all the time. They... All the laws. Yeah, that's yep. right. I thought about that. Right. That could also... All right. And then, on sale, and then, of course, sale of personal residence with everybody buying and selling. This is a big thing this year. Mm -hmm. Right, right, right. The first two fifty. The market was incredibly hot. Right, and so if you sell your personal residence that you've lived in for the last two years, you end up having to not pay taxes on the first two hundred and fifty thousand dollars if you're single, or five hundred thousand if you're filing a joint return. Right. Right. Which is really Which is great. A lot of money. That's it's, I was going to say it was a lot of way money for way for people to make a lot of money. The market was so hot and they were getting inflated, inflated, inflated prices. And now a lot of them are walking away and they don't have to declare any of that on their tax return. And it's remarkable. Yeah. Yeah. There's... All right, and of course, residential energy credits. Yep. New windows, doors, furnace, insulation. And then 
Tiffany's Pension Savers credit. She's she's like the Pension Savers queen. Those are just some of the things. And they reduce your tax liability dollar for dollar. So that's kind of broadly how your tax return is uh, configured. So the important thing is to talk to your tax advisor, tax specialist. Of course, EG Tax is here all the time to help you. And don't forget small business owners who have uh, employees Sign up for the employee retention credit. It could be up to $26,000 per employee that you had in 20, uh, 20 or 21. So Right. And if you need help doing it, we can help you here. Uh, just give us a buzz at 716-632-7886. And also in October, our tax school is starting. And we would love you to take the course. So if you have interest in that, also call 716-632-7886 and we'll get you hooked up. Absolutely. Well, until until next week, I'm Esther Golias, the tax lady from EG Tax, egtax.com, with Tiffany Fabian, Christopher Fabian. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next week. New friends, new opportunities, new partners, EG Tax.